celebrating the resurrected life of our Lord Jesus Christ in us. And I'd like to trust that we have been all afforded a wonderful Passover. This side, the Lord has been faithful as always, and we've been experiencing an amazing atmosphere. I woke up this morning in agitations and my spirit was compelling me. That's why I decided to rush over to the studio because of a matter that has been brewing in my meditations so that I sit down, record it, make it available to you all on this platform. Now, the Lord has been faithful and there are certain nuggets that has been dropping in my spirit. And on a localized scale, as I've been ministering mostly in Paris, I would say that a lot have been benefiting. As we all know, information is power. So I'd like you, my audience, on this platform to sit down and prepare yourself to take a dive into this mystery that the Lord dropped in my system. And if it is possible, like I felt that there is a certain dimension of information that you will not do justice to it when you keep it localized. 
So if it is possible, I'd like you to make it globalized by sharing to your family, to your friends and loved ones, as well probably to your colleagues, so that the word of God will bear the impact that God intends it to bear. There is a matter that has been brewing in me. And the first time I delivered it, I felt like I did not reach where the Lord wanted me to arrive. So I found myself immediately after preaching, going back into my meditations and out like to trust God for the grace to package it the best I can in this session so that it can be a blessing unto us. I know that it has been a long, long time since I set and recorded a message on Inspire Radio Podcast. But it is necessary that we break the silence. Sometimes silence is golden, but I believe a lot is following and we are breaking that silence. Praise the Lord. I'd like us to go to the Word of God and there are scriptures that I would like us to follow as we are going to reading through them, I want you to raise your eyebrows as well as to cause your ears to focus so that you can pick the fresh bread of the word of God as it comes. Genesis chapter 48, I'd like us to start by reading verse 1. The Bible says, And it came to pass after these things that one told Joseph, Behold, thy father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And one told Jacob and said, Behold, thy son Joseph cometh unto thee. And Israel strengthened himself and sat upon the bed. I want us to take a pause. We'll continue by reading the following scriptures that are very important for us, especially in this session, but there are things that I want us to highlight because we cannot afford a layman's approach. Now, the Bible speaks of Joseph, and we all know Joseph is the dreamer. Joseph is, again, the son of Jacob. He's the dreamer, is the interpreter, as well as the son of Jacob was well beloved to a level whereby the father made him a coat of many colors. Now, focusing on this verse, 
the Bible says that it came to pass after these things that one told Joseph, Behold, your father is sick. And upon hearing this information, Joseph, he took with him to go and see his father, his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. They are going to be important characters, especially Ephraim and Manasseh. So we will center much of our attention on them when we go down and deep into our matter. But the Bible says that when Joseph arrived at where Jacob was staying, another told Jacob, Behold, your son Joseph cometh unto you. And the Bible says, Israel strengthened himself and sat upon the bed. So, there are two names that are appropriated to an individual in this case. One individual has two names. In the individual in question, you will find the word of God interchangeably using the two names. At one time, he is called Jacob. And at the other time, he is called Israel. When we fail to master what is hidden or what is carried in his two identities, then sometimes we will not do justice to what happens, especially when we see this man doing things. Praise the Lord. Now, Jacob, after he was born, remember he had a twin brother by the name Esau. The Bible says that when Esau was born, he came out first. He was the firstborn. And when his younger brother was also coming out of the womb, we are now talking about Jacob. He was holding in his hands the heel of the foot of Esau. So his family, they gave him a name. I would rather not say they gave him a name because there are certain times people get things and they don't deserve them. So I'd like to say that he was awarded a name. And the name that he was awarded, it was after a performance. During that birth moment, he came out holding the heel of the foot of his brother. So they awarded him, meaning to say that he earned a title, he earned an identity. And they called him Jacob. And the name Jacob or Jacob, it means the one who holds the hill. The one who holds the hill. It means a supplanter. So you see now everything happening onwards up until he ran away from his brother. 
whatever that was happening, it was as a result of his character. He was a supplanter. He was someone who had the wisdom to turn the tide to his favor. Remember, he was not the firstborn son, but there was a moment when his brother went hunting and came back home hungry. And when the brother arrived home, he found Jacob busy with his porridge. And when the brother asked, because he was feeling as if he was dying of hunger, when he asked of it, you begin to see Jacob behaving exactly as his name, behaving exactly as his title. You begin to see the character associated with the identity at work in this context. He began to bargain with the brother. If you want my pottage, then I also want something from you. I want your birthright. So this is the character of this man. And when you look into the other name that the word of God often uses pertaining to this man interchangeably as it desires, it is the name Israel. It is the name Israel. Now, let's look into how Jacob eventually found himself with two names. Now, the Bible says that when he was coming away from the homestead of Laban back to his father's house, and he was afraid of meeting his brother Esau in person, he delayed and he let his possessions, his sons, his wives to go ahead of him. Himself, he remained. And the Bible says that overnight he fought with an angel. And that encounter, when you look at it, you are going to see again Jacob by reason of his works being awarded another identity. Now, when he was fighting with the angel, the fight was for a blessing. He said to the angel, bless me. I will not let you go unless, until you bless me. And the Bible says that when the angel eventually gave in in order to bless this man, he asked him, what is your name? And he responded to the angel, my name is Jacob. My name is the one who grabs the hill. Now you begin to hear now the angel telling him that your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but your name from this juncture going forward, your name is going to be called Israel. And it's going to be called Israel because as a prince, he had authority with both men and with God, and you have prevailed. So you are seeing a graduation. 
you are seeing an elevation. You are seeing this man now coming from that encounter with an award. And the award that is conferred upon him is a title. It's an identity. So I want you not to miss this one because many would think that Israel was just an identity or a title, but it was more than that. Why am I saying that it is more than a title, it is more than a name or an identity? Remember Jacob when he was fighting the angel, the thing that compelled him to fight the angel was the need to be blessed. And now when the angel was now blessing him, the thing that he did was to give him a name, was to give him an identity. So the name Israel in this case is not only a name, because the name Israel, it means that you are a prince. You have both authority with God and man and prevailed. But it goes further. This name is a blessing. It's a blessing. What am I driving at? I want you to listen to me carefully because now when Jacob was sick and Joseph went to see him and he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. Now, you begin to see the Bible interchangeably changing the identity that is in question. Now, it's like having a father who is a policeman and everyone outside there calls him a policeman. But the moment he gets into your house, you begin to call him father. So that's what I want you to understand because if we fail to appreciate what is loved within these names, within these identities, we will fail to appreciate what I would like to single out as an office. As an office. So Jacob is the ordinary name that he was given but he was not just given the name but he was awarded the name but israel is broader than a name again he was awarded the name but this one is deeper it's not a man name but it's also a blessing it's also a blessing so you are seeing Joseph arriving to see Joseph, Jacob, who is sick. Jacob, who is sick. And you begin to see an exchange taking place now. And a swap of character. Take it in this context. Let's say Jacob, his personality he is like a dice. He is like a dice. We all know that a dice that the children, the kids use when they are playing snake and ladders, it has many sides. And when you throw it, 
while playing the game, you may find yourself on one side of the dice. It does not mean that the side that you have found on the dice entails everything about the dice until you throw it again and it reflects to you its other side. I believe this one is properly explained. So when Joseph arrived, Jacob deliberately switched offices. He deliberately switched his capacity to do something in this regard. And the way he did it, the Bible says, and Israel strengthened himself. Jacob is the sick man, but Israel is the one now strengthening. So you need to understand who Israel is, because Israel is the anointing. When I'm saying Israel is the anointing, I mean Israel is the blessing that this man fought for to be awarded upon his life when he contended wrestling an angel overnight and then he earned that blessing upon himself. So you are now seeing someone switching offices. Your father that you know as a as, as your father, now when he puts on his office and he begins to address you in the capacity of his office, you better understand his identity because he is now ministering, he is now standing in another capacity that the other character contained in his name doesn't have. So he strengthened himself and he sat upon the bed. Praise the Lord. So when you understand these two things now, then it will help you to understand even the people whom God has sent in your vicinity. You can have People, probably pastors who are your friends, but when you want something that is carried by the pastor, you better know how to deal with the friend, not as the friend, but the friend as the beholder of an office. The Bible that I read says that he who receives a prophet in the name of the prophet receives a prophet's reward. So it's about you identifying the name of the prophet or the office of the prophet because it's possible for you to identify someone in an ordinary capacity and then you find yourself missing from what that individual is carrying. So everything now that is going to happen between Joseph and Jacob, or I would rather say Israel, it is something that you will appreciate when you understand the different office Jacob himself was putting on when he started to address his son Joseph.
praise the Lord. You are going to be shocked. Because when you read the Bible in the book of Genesis chapter 48, in this context now, we are going to verse 5. We are going to see something strange that happened. I'm going to read it. The Bible says, And now thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt, before I came unto thee into Egypt, are mine. As Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. And they and their issue, and thy issue, which thou begettest after them, shall be mine, thine, and shall be called after the name of their brethren in their inheritance. I want to show you something there. There is something strange that happened. That's why I'm saying that you better pay attention to the switch taking place. It's a person who has got two capacities to change into another dimension or the other dimension who is now speaking. And this individual is Israel. So if we fail to appreciate that, then we fail to appreciate what was transpiring. The Bible says that he said to Joseph, your two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto you in the land of Egypt before I came to you into Egypt. They are mine. As Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. So, you would think that this was just a family man speaking. But this is deeper than that. Because the way Israel is dealing with this matter in regards concerning these two sons of Joseph, Ephraim, and Manasseh, there is something that is deep about that way. There is an adoption taking place. You begin to see if you think that this character Jacob didn't have the ability to switch characters, then you are justified to think that he didn't have the right to address Manasseh and Ephraim in this way because biologically he was not the father but he was the grandparent, he was the grandfather. So how can a grandparent declare to the grandsons that they are now his own. I want you to, 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 to understand the weight of this matter. He is beginning now to change these two boys from being grandchildren 
and he is graduating them from that level and he is forcing them to enter into the level of his own sons. That's why I'm saying that there is an adoption taking place. And Jacob cannot do that kind of an adoption. He is not qualified to call Manasseh or Ephraim my son because he is not at that level. They are not at that level again to be treated in the same regards as his other sons that he's mentioning in the scripture. And in this instance, he highlighted his two sons, Reuben and Simeon. So the grandfather Jacob is not qualified to do such a thing. But Israel is the prophet. Israel is the prince. Israel is the one who fought with the angels and prevailed. Israel is the blessing. So I want to show you something that is so deep. He is the one now with the spiritual stamina to cut beyond the biology of the matter and cause the sons of Joseph who were not born from his own loins to begin to be graduated into a level where they must be treated like the other sons that came from his own loins. So you are seeing an adoption taking place. And he goes on and he says to Joseph, I know that there was an issue. There was an issue whereby when you beget these, it was after that issue. There was a condition that was prevalent. And he goes on and he says that condition again. I am causing that condition to be mine. It's like someone beginning to rewrite a narration that we all thought cannot be rewritten. He was not in the maternity world when the wife of Joseph was giving birth to these two sons. He was not available. He was not there. He was not the one whose seed again impregnated this wife of Joseph so that he can put such a claim. Biologically speaking, he didn't have a right to say something like that if we say the character who is speaking is the biological character. But the spiritual character who is Israel he had that kind of a stamina to re-stress how these boys were born and to rewrite their history so that at the end of the day, when the future begins to be written, they are written 
according to his DNA, according to the DNA of Israel, not according to the DNA of Joseph. Praise the Lord. For you to be able to understand where I am coming from and where I am going, I'm going to flashback into the scriptures. But before I can go on, there are things that I want you to take note of. The first one is that this man Israel, the way he is saying to these two boys, it's something that is more spiritual than it is carnal or than it is of a physical reality. So you are seeing someone migrating the children of the father and he is changing their status to a level whereby himself Joseph when he comes out of this encounter he was no longer supposed to call Manasseh and Ephraim my son. He was supposed to begin to call these two boys my brother because he is coming from the loins of Jacob. In the same Jacob, now, who is acting from a higher office is promoted his own grandchildren from the level of being grandchildren to the level where they must begin to be qualified as his sons. So in this regard, Joseph, after coming from this encounter, he was supposed to begin to call Manasseh, my young brother, Ephraim, my young brother, considering what happened when these two boys came from this experience. And I'd like to show you something because immediately when you just read down once from verse 5, the Bible says that he, Jacob, his eyes, they were dim. They were dim. He was now not that sharp in his eyes. So he asked Joseph, who are these two that you are having with? And the response that came from Joseph is shocking, considering the level that we all ascribe upon Joseph, considering his maturity pertaining to spiritual realities. You begin to hear Joseph responding to Jacob, and he says, these are my sons. These are my sons. I want to show you something there. I would like you to listen carefully because it's important to take note of. There is a graduation that is already taken place. There is a shift of levels that has already been conferred upon the two boys, Manasseh and Ephraim. And the character who has caused that to happen is Israel, not Jacob. So now, what I want to show you is the failure 
of Joseph to understand who was talking with him at what juncture and at what point. Because he thought that he was still interacting with Jacob at the level of father and son. But he was no longer interacting with Jacob at the level of father and son, but he was interacting with Jacob at the level of a son and a prophet. At a level of a son and a prophet. So, there was a transaction that was already taking place, and the transaction was a matter of one adopting children that were not his, making them to become like his. And when you read on now, you see Jacob asking Joseph, who are these? And then you begin to hear Joseph saying, these are my sons. These are mine. These are mine. This is what I believe has been bedeviling a lot of Christians, even as to date. Because the day you were born again, you were adopted. You became a son of God. And God said, you are mine. The Bible says, cast your burdens unto the Lord. So when we gave ourselves unto the Lord, we gave ourselves so that he can adopt us. We gave ourselves unto adoption. So your matter stops, it ceases from being your matter. It becomes the matter of the one who has adopted you. I want you to follow me cross. When you are sick, the tendency is to say, I am sick. The same happened with Joseph pertaining to his sons. He said, these are my sons. Here there was a transaction that transferred ownership from him to the one talking to him. The same also with you. There was a transaction that was delivered, that delivered certain things outside of your control, outside of your dimension of jurisdiction. And the control was conferred to a higher power. That's why the Bible says that, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? So if your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, it means that he is the one in control. But the problem that we have is that we still personalize the things that relate to our lives. Forgetting that, that there was a transaction. If we cannot understand this, we will fail to appreciate the subject of redemption. Because when one redeems you, there is a transaction taking place. 
it means that someone had to buy you back from someone. Someone had to take you from another dimension so that you can find yourself in another dimension. So this is how Jesus did it when he purchased us with the price of his life. With the price of his blood, he paid a higher price so that he can redeem us. So that he is in the process of adopting us, buying us out from a certain dimension of ownership into his own dimension of ownership. So if you understand this matter from that perspective, Perspective, then you will understand that your issue no longer remains your issue. Remember, Israel told Joseph that the issue which thou begettest after them shall be mine. And everything that you went through is no longer going to remain yours. It's no longer your ordeal, but it is from this juncture going onwards my ordeal. So there is a transaction taking place. It's like someone offering you that you have gone through a lot, but allow me to take over every negativity that was involved before I arrived into your life. Letting me take control of that first. And let that first be completely be blotted out of your history because in your history, they used to call you a harlot. They used to call you a thief. They used to call you someone who was broke. They used to call you a sickly person. But let me take over that issue. And all that you went through is no longer your issue, but it is my issue. That's why the Bible says that cast your burdens. We are talking about total surrender. I believe that God is giving me this ability to explain this in concrete terms, in words that can be understandable. May God give you understanding to grasp what I'm trying to show you. So when you are going through something now, coming from a transaction that caused you to be redeemed, that caused you to enter into a dimension of adoption, it means now that you are no longer entitled. You are no longer entitled to continue carrying the name tag that you were carrying in your past. You are no longer entitled to continue to classify what you were going through as if it is your own. Because that's the major problem that we as believers always 
It is like a trap that we always fall into each and every time we present ourselves before the presence of God looking for something. We go on in entitlement. And as long as you go before the presence of God entitled, remember the Bible that I read, it says that you must be a minder of your own business. And God also is a minder of his own business. And as long as you are entitled, you don't warrant his attention to your matter because the matter remains your matter. Unless you get the understanding that there was a transaction that took place and the issues that I went through in my past life, the issues that brought me where I am, someone is offered to redeem me from those kind of issues and to pay the price. He is now the one in control over my issues. He is the one who is now putting a claim over that history that brought you where you are. The day we get that understanding is the day we are able to unlock the full power of the Holy Spirit. Is the day we are able to unlock the full power of the events that led to the cross. Because when he went to the cross, he went so as to deal with your issues so that your issues remain, remain upon him and they are conferred upon him. That's why Jesus, when he was crucified, he died as if he was a sinner because he transacted and he took upon himself your issues and your sins and he declared them upon himself so that you, you no longer continue to walk in your history as if you are entitled to that identity, as if you are still entitled to that failure that was associated with your condition. This is the reason why a lot of people, you try to change things and you fail. You've tried to change your husband and you failed. But the day you begin to transfer that ownership title from you, because the matter pertaining to how that title came about is no longer yours. So you could have been trying to change your husband, but I want to give you a tip. You need to understand that it's better when you understand the dynamics involved in salvation you are no longer of your own you are now one who belongs to god so if you belong to god then your husband and his addiction you better begin to surrender it in total and say god this is no longer my husband, it's if I am in ownership of him alone. But I know that he is from you. He is from you because you 
took over entitlement. So get into my business and deal with this man. I'm tired of this man remaining an addict. Probably you've got a child that you have been calling. My son is stubborn. My daughter doesn't want to change. That day you are able to transfer entitlement, ownership over away from you into the hands of God is the day you begin to see the trigger of the power of the living God being unleashed into your dimensions. I want to show you something because on your own, you don't have the capacity. Joseph on his own, I want to show you he did not have the capacity to bless his sons so that they can partake of the blessing, not on his own level. On his own level, yes, he could have released his own fatherly blessing upon Manasseh and Ephraim. But he did not have the authority to release the level of a blessing associated with the blessing of the level of Israel. He was not qualified to pronounce that blessing because Joseph on his own, when you look into the scriptures, he was no more an Israelite, technically speaking. I will shock you. When you read the word of God from the book of Genesis, chapter 39 reading from verse 1 I believe that this session is for the Bible lovers it's for those who love the word of God praise the Lord Genesis chapter 39 verse 1 the Bible says and Joseph was brought down and Joseph was brought down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. I want to repeat this one. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, the king, the man buying this man is an Egyptian. And the man buying this man, he bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which it brought him down thither. Remember what happened when Joseph went to see his brothers with food for them to eat and drink. And because of their hatred, the Bible says that when they saw him coming, they say, here comes the dreamer. And they started to plot to kill him until the elderly son, Reuben, said, what are we going to profit from this? It's better we find a plan to dispose of him. And the Bible says that he was thrown into a pit by his own brothers and his brothers, they were busy drinking and eating of the present that he brought for them from their father, Jacob, up until 
they saw the Ishmaelites, that's when they changed the plan. And the Bible says that they made profit by selling him. Each time, whenever there is a transaction like involved in selling, we know that there is also a transfer of ownership. So Joseph, he was sold into the hands of the Ishmaelites. So it means that the Ishmaelites, they paid for a commodity, they transacted to get something and they got what they paid for. They got what their money could afford and that was Joseph. And it means that even when you check the word of God, you are going to come to a realization that a great deal of people that are Israelites, some of them, they were bought servants. They were servants bought elsewhere. And they were circumcised. They were integrated into the system. And now they are as if they were born of the house of Israel because of the transaction that shifted ownership from a certain biological connection to another biological connection which gave entitlement. So, the Ishmaelites, they brought Joseph down to Egypt. And Potiphar, who was an officer of Pharaoh, and was captain of the guard, he was also an Egyptian. He liked the commodity, he liked what he saw. And he bought Joseph. He bought him, he paid a sum of money and ownership was transferred from the Ishmaelites and Joseph became someone who was owned by the Egyptians. So technically speaking, Joseph was no longer an Israelite so as to speak. He was not qualified to declare a blessing pertaining to Israel upon his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. Because he was bought by Egyptians. He was technically, he was practically an Egyptian. I want to show you something. We look into the word of God from the book of Genesis chapter 41 from verse 45. The Bible is so exciting because you are going to see Joseph himself getting a new identity in Egypt. Consolidating what I'm talking about, that he was no longer a real, a true, true, true Israelite, so to speak. And he was not qualified in this matter to release a blessing upon Manasseh and upon Ephraim. That's why you are seeing this man, Israel, a man qualified, a prophet in all regards, a man who was able to be conferred upon his life another dimension of a blessing, authority of a serious order, going into the process that brought Joseph where he was, even though he was celebrated in Egypt. His two sons, they were born from an issue. 
they were born from an issue, an issue, an issue. <laughs> How I love the word of God. Now, Genesis chapter 41, verse 45, the Bible says, Joseph's identity now, that's what we are talking about. When you fail to take note of this, you will not appreciate the ramifications. You will not appreciate what Israel was going through in order, the ordeal that he was going through in order to unlock these two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, from the covering of their biological father so that he can also cause them to partake of the common wealth of the blessing that he was given. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, And Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zaphneth Paniah, and he gave him to wife Isnad, the daughter of Potiphera, the priest of On. And Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. So you are seeing now the identity of Joseph. Most of us, we want to associate him with the name Joseph. But his identity eventually got changed also by the Egyptians. And he was no longer called Joseph, but he was now called Zafnat Pania. And I want to show you something again. His wife was an Egyptian. Her name was Esnat. So their offspring, these two, when we look at them, Joseph and Esnaid, their offspring, now we are talking about Manasseh and Ephraim, they were technically speaking Egyptians. They were practically speaking Egyptians. So when you look at what the father Israel was going through, now we are Try now to, I'm trying now to show you so that you can appreciate the depths of this matter because there are ramifications involved. The reason why he is going through what he is going through by promoting Manasseh and Ephraim from the level of grandchildren to the level of sons is so is to get rid of the title that was upon Joseph himself, even if it was a good title, but it was not pregnant with the capacity to release a broader dimension of a blessing in the capacity of the blessing that Israel carried. So it was going to be a loss if Jacob, if Israel was going to remain and he was going to hold his peace and say, ah, these are just my grandsons. It was not going to be enough for Manasseh and for Ephraim to be able to be partakers of the blessing that is contained. Now, I want to show you something again. From the book of Genesis chapter 41, reading from verse 51 to 52, the Bible says, 
And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. For God said he, it made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. In the name of the second called he Ephraim, for God had caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. So you are see, because the people of the Old Testament, they did not just give names for the sake of naming children, like what our generation is now doing. We just hear a fresh release of a name and then we jump on it. They were motivated by circumstances. So Manasseh's name, when you look at it, it was because God caused Joseph to forget his problems, his toils. And he caused him to forget his father's house. So you are seeing a man who had forgotten his father's house. How then was he going to unlock because blessings they are of a transgenerational nature they are laid upon layer layer upon layer for you to find yourself calling yourself blessed you are coming from this perspective where that blessing has been transferred from one custodian to another from one custodian to the next So Joseph, he had forgotten his father's house. In practical terms, he was disconnected from his father's house because of the transaction that saw him being sold away by his brothers into the hands of the Ishmaelites. And he was a victim, remember, of two transactions, the Ishmaelites, They sold him again to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh. So you are seeing someone who is completely disconnected from his roots. So how was he going now to unleash a blessing that must have a bearing of a transgenerational nature? It means he was beginning his own generation. Unless someone with the authority to do something about it. Faiths have no feelings, they have no emotions. If there must be one thing that we must agree, it's a fact that Manasseh and Ephraim, they were born in the house of Egyptians. They were having an Egyptian mother and their father was an adopted Egyptian, a man who became an Egyptian by reason of the transactions that were involved when he was sold by the Ishmaelites into the care, into the ownership, into the custodianship of the Egyptians. And when you look into the ultimate identity that he got from Pharaoh himself, Joseph was also technically an Egyptian. So how was Joseph going to declare a blessing of a broader dimension upon his two sons? Remember, you need to understand, like I have already alluded to, 
that they are certain blessings that are just mere blessings. And there are other blessings that are transgenerational blessings. That's when, when you look into this matter from the beginning, you find Jacob experiencing his audio that, you know what, the God of my father, Abraham, the God of my father, Isaac, he appeared to me. So he is talking about a God who is not only layered in one dimension of a generation, but a God who had visited a multi-layer of people or a trans-generational kind of a God. So you are seeing a blessing that is being supposed to be conferred upon these sons. Now, they had to be conferred upon these sons by being qualified first for the blessing, by being qualified first for the adoption. So this is the reason why you see the grandfather now saying to his son, you know what? I am no longer talking to you in my capacity of my as your father, but I am talking to you in another capacity which is Israel. And Israel is the prince. Israel is the one who has authority also with God and men. So it means that what he is doing now, he is able to entrench it not only with men, but he is able to push the agenda beyond the dimensions of men so that it can become a godly agenda. So he is taking over ownership of these hearts. And I like something that I want to show you because you are going to be shocked. The Bible that I read says that when Jacob asked, whose are these? Joseph, he said, these are mine. So I'm saying this is the reason why a great deal of Christians, we are still struggling with poverty because you call it your poverty. Yet the Bible says that he carried your poverty so that in your confessions, you begin to speak what the word says when it says that let the poor say that I am rich. That's what you have been given. It is a license to get into another dimension that you were never qualified to get into. That's why the Bible says that let the sick say I am healed. Why do you say that you are healed? Because he carried your sickness. You can no longer classify yourself from this juncture going onwards as a harlot. Yes, your history and the title that they conferred upon your life, it qualified you to be called a harlot, to be called a scammer, to be called a thief. But because of him who bought, because of him who adopted you, you are now someone who is entitled to a new identity. You are now someone who is now entitled to a new dimension that is broader than where you are coming from. So you begin to see something that is very interesting taking place. The Bible that I read says that, he sent his sons now to be blessed. Watch this. 
and he arranged them in a way. That's why I'm saying that when I read this scripture passage, it made me question the sensitivity of Joseph because in this context, he thought that he was dealing with his father and his father never explained to him that the reason I am doing this is to correct the ramifications that qualified you, practically speaking, technically speaking, to be conferred the title of an Egyptian. So I am dealing with that now, and I am rewriting your story. So he never knew what the father was doing, and he never knew who was not dealing with him because... It is one thing to deal with someone in another capacity and it's another thing to fail to appreciate another capacity that comes in play when someone with an ability to shift offices is speaking to you. Because when someone is shifting offices, you better know now that now I am no longer dealing with my father who is just my biological father, but I'm dealing with my father who is an office bearer. He is someone now unlocking the blessing of the office that he is coming from when he's talking to me. So when you look at this in this way, you begin to question the sensitivity of Joseph, a very sensitive man indeed. But in this context, you begin to question. You can be a sensitive person. You can be an anointed person and you fail to appreciate this equation that God sometimes hides in flesh. Because each time God wants to do something, he works his breakthrough through men. And they are men whom God has given a license to have authority in his corridor. So when they take your matter, you may think that they are dealing with you from your own mere understanding of their capacity, yet they are now going and tackling your matter from a deeper dimension. The Bible that I read says that Joseph, he arranged his two sons. And remember, Manasseh was the eldest. And then he put Manasseh on his own left-hand side. So that when Manasseh arrives in the presence of the father, he thought the father was Jacob, but the father speaking in this context is Israel. So he put Manasseh in on his left-hand side so that when he arrives before the father, he arrives on the right-hand side of the father. And he put Ephraim on his own right-hand side. So that Ephraim, when he arrives in the presence of his father, when, that was his thinking. He would arrive before the presence of the father on the left-hand side. And the father would not make an effort but just place his hands. But we are talking of a prophet. Because Jacob, he had graduated from the level of one who grabbed use to another dimension of one who contends with angels. So now we are talking of a prophet now, speaking now a blessing upon these sons. And the Bible says that when these men began to pray for these two lads, these two, two young ones, 
he crossed his hands wittingly wittingly and the word wittingly there it means cunningly and he placed the right hands on the head of Ephraim the youngest and he placed his left hand on the head of the eldest and he began to pray declaring a blessing declaring a blessing declaring an elevation shifting their level from the level of grandchildren to the level of his own sons shifting these two from that perspective whereby if they were seeing Reuben they would see Reuben as if Reuben was a father but now they were being shifted to another dimension whereby they began to qualify the same way that Reuben qualified from the father the same way that Simeon qualified from the father and he did so wittingly. And I'm here to declare to you that the cross, the cross, the cross, the Bible says that he crossed his hands wittingly. The cross is a demonstration of cunning. It is a de- demonstration of the subtlety, the intelligence, the wisdom that lies. The Bible that I read, it says that this message of the cross to them that are perishing, it is foolishness. They don't understand the cunning nature that is concealed in it because Israel, what he was doing, it was a dramatic demonstration, prophetic demonstration of the coming of the cross. It was a demonstration of the coming of the cross. And the cross, it qualified those who were not biologically speaking Israelites to be able to become also partakers of the blessing contained in the kind of order of the Israelites. And when you look into the word of God, when Jesus was crucified, that's why no matter when you read your Bibles from the book of Matthew chapter 27, reading from verse 32, the Bible that I read says that, and as they were coming out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, him they compelled to bear his cross. You begin to see an African. You begin to see the introduction of a black man, the introduction of a man of the roots, whose roots, whose roots are African at nature, and is beginning to be introduced to deal with the matter, with the matter pertaining to the people of Israel. And I'm saying that it was dramatically exhibited, demonstrated by Israel when he was praying for Manasseh in Ephraim. And the same God who qualified these two boys who were practically speaking Egyptians so that they began candidates who were worthy of the inheritance of the Israelites is the same God, is the same God working the same on the cross for you and me. I've heard a lot of people saying that, you know what, we cannot save this Jesus because he is coming from the house of Israel. And you are failing to appreciate the ramifications that are involved when we speak 
speak of adoption, you are now in the same capacity to appear before the presence of God. And when you appear, you don't appear as a grandchild like Ephraim and Manasseh, but you begin to appear as the ones who are also qualified for the blessing, as the sons of Israel himself. So I'm here to declare to you that you qualify. Appreciate the transaction that is taking place on the cross. Your matter is no longer your matter. Your issue is no longer your issue. I'm talking of total surrender. Total surrender. It doesn't matter. You were having African blood. The blood that you carried, it spoke many things. But the Bible that I read says that the blood of the lamp, it speaks better things than that one of Abel. So I'm here to tell you now that you qualify. You qualify. There is an exchange. There is a transaction that is been ordained on the cross when he redeemed you. He paid the price. So I declare to someone listening to this message, when you pray, henceforth, begin to pray, begin to approach the presence of the living God in this perspective. Begin to have this understanding that you are the redeemed that you are a child who has been brought unto his adoption. And in the same context, it means that you are now a candidate of that testimony. It means that you qualify for that breakthrough. You have a right to go to the father as if you are going to your true biological father. And you have no right to continue holding on the tag of ownership over that problem because it has been redeemed from your possession. The matter is no longer your matter. So I want you to have an understanding because the same God who did it for Ephraim and Manasseh is the same God who is about to do it for you. I want to declare the power of his resurrection. Let it begin to be activated upon your life. We look now into the story of the patriarchs. The story of the patriarchs. The story of the 12 houses that came from the loins of Jacob. It cannot be complete without mentioning Manasseh and Ephraim who were technically speaking Egyptians, who were practically speaking born from a family of Egyptians. But because of the transaction that shifted ownership, I'm saying the same is happening in your life. There is a wittingly experience that has been declared. There is a cunning experience that has been declared on the cross. There is an exchange taking place. It is foolishness to people who don't understand this understanding. They don't have this revelation. But to you, it is power. So I want you, henceforth, to begin to walk in this power. I want you, from this moment, to begin to walk in this power. In what power am I talking about? The power of the blessing. The power of the blessing of Israel. The power of the blessing of Christ that is upon your life. The same ability 
that was conferred, the same abilities, the same grace that was conferred upon the other ten members of the patriarchs, it was also conferred upon Manasseh and Ephraim. And they began to operate as if they were on the same level of their own biological father, so to speak. And I'm declaring this to you right now. In the name of Jesus, the same grace is on you. The same grace is on you. Begin to partake of this grace. Begin to partake of this grace. In the mighty name of Jesus. You need to begin to totally surrender everything about your life. There is a stage where you claim ownership to things. But what is it brought to you? It is only you that failure. Joseph is said these are mine sons. Yet there was a transaction that was already done. They were no longer his, but they were the sons of Israel. The same I'm saying to you, that husband transferred into the control of the Holy Spirit. That business transfer it into the hands of Christ and begin to tell him this is no longer my matter but this is your matter from this moment onwards. You begin to confer, you begin to transfer, praise the Lord, entitlement away from you. That's what is being bringing you failure all the time. You've been too entitled yet you've been a failure all along. You need to transfer, you need to transfer that authority back to Christ, back to Christ. Tell him, you are the one who controls, you are at the center, the epicenter of my life. Every aspect of my destiny, it is in your hands from this juncture going onwards. I declare a breakthrough into your life in the name of Jesus. And I declare the same blessing that works in the DNA of Jesus. The same blessing, the same power that broke the chain of death. Let it begin to work in you. Everything that was not working in you, in your life. Now that we have this revelation, totally transfer it into his care. And your life, your health, your body, whatever that surrounds you. You are just a custodian, totally transferred into the hands of the owner. Say, Jesus, take control over my health. As I'm speaking this, if you are sick, you are getting healing. With this mentality, if you were broke, you are coming out of the dimensions of poverty. If there was a problem in your vicinity, Jesus is beginning to deal with that problem because the problem is no longer your problem. I declare a blessing upon you. I declare a blessing upon you. I declare a blessing upon you. Shalom.